are listening to the official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at wellchurchvt.com. You know, when I consider the Christmas story, the story of God coming to earth in human form, it baffles me. You know, Philippians chapter 2 tells us what Jesus did to make the incarnation a reality. I want to read those verses. Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 through 8, tells us what Jesus did to make the incarnation a reality. And here's what it says about Jesus. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. You know, if I were God, I would have a different plan for rescuing creation and mankind. It would look much different than what we just read here in Philippians chapter 2. I, for example, would not want to give up my divine privileges and empty myself and humble myself and make myself a servant. Nor would I choose to subject myself to a life of being misunderstood and even executed by the very people I created, by the very people I wanted to save. But Jesus, we're told in Philippians chapter 2, did all of this to be Emmanuel, God with us. And so everything we read about in those verses in Philippians, Jesus did so that he could be with us, so that he could proclaim the good news of God's kingdom, coming to earth as it is in heaven, he did it so that he could make a way for us to become citizens of that kingdom through his death and through his resurrection. He did all that to be with us. And so when we celebrate Christmas, we're confronted by that. We're confronted by God coming near to be with us. And on the surface, that's a glorious thing, right? Knowing that God loves us so much that he would go to those great lengths to be with us. But on the other hand, being confronted by the nearness of God can feel pretty disruptive. And so this Advent, we've been in a sermon series called The Inbreaking. And we've been looking at how the Christmas story confronts us with the nearness of God. And being confronted by the nearness of God is glorious, but it also has these disruptive elements to it. And so this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to look further at the Christmas story and specifically how Mary and Joseph experienced the disruption that came with Jesus' arrival. And we're going to read some verses from Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke chapter 2. We're going to read verse 1 through 7. If you don't have your Bible with you, that's okay. 
we're going to put these verses up on the screen for you to read. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Now, before we get too far into this story, it's important that we first understand some of the dynamics that put this story into motion. Luke tells us at the beginning of chapter 2 that Augustus Caesar issued a census. And this census meant that everyone had to travel back to their ancestral hometowns to be registered and to be counted. It, it wasn't something that was optional. It wasn't something you could get out of. There were no exceptions or accommodations made for you if you were busy or preoccupied. You were just required by Roman law to do this. Now, for Mary and Joseph, this meant a 90-mile journey. So you can imagine the inconvenience, the disruption, the expense even that this census caused. You know, traveling 90 miles by camel or by foot or wherever they got there requires a certain level of effort. It requires a certain level of resources. It requires a certain level of sacrifice, right? But what was even more frustrating was what the census was for. See, the Roman census was taken so that Rome knew how many people it had available to tax. The census was, was all about funding the Roman Empire and the Roman military. And in many ways, the census contributed to Rome's ability to rule over Israel, to rule over people like Mary and Joseph. Now, to make matters even worse, as I mentioned, Mary and Joseph, they're about to have a child, but not just any child. The child they're about to have is the Son of God. <laughs> you know, I remember planning for the births of my four children. <laughs> I remember being fairly stressed. I remember it was pretty involved. And I'm just guessing that being responsible for the birth of God's Son would feel much more intense than what I felt. So just take a minute with me to imagine what Mary and Joseph are feeling. They're about to have the Son of God. They're about to give birth to Jesus. 
And then they get the news that there's this census and now they have to take this 90 mile trek and go to this foreign place that they haven't been. They don't have a place to stay. They have to figure it out. And everyone's traveling and it's chaotic and everyone's moving towns trying to get registered for the census. I can imagine that when the news came of that census, they felt stunned. They may have even felt powerless, right? Like, what do we do? We, we can't get this wrong. Like, we, we, this is God's son. We got to get this right. We got to do this right. And now we have this chaotic element in here. I, I wonder if they were afraid of messing it up. Maybe even frustrated at, at the Roman government. Like, really, Caesar, now? Perhaps they were confused by God, maybe even angsty towards God. Like, this is just the worst timing possible. And then we're told later on in the text that when they arrive at Bethlehem, they can't find a room. So they have to rent a stable that housed barn animals. And this is where Jesus was going to be born. Can you imagine the feelings of failure? Like, man, God gave us this one thing to do, this big, huge thing, and, we, and we're just messing it up. I wonder if they thought to themselves and even prayed quietly, God, shouldn't you intervene here? Shouldn't you, shouldn't you be more involved? Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like, God had given you something to do and then left you hanging out to dry. See, one of the things the story of Jesus' birth teaches us is that you and I have to be very careful to not buy in to the false narrative that God with us means a comfortable, easy journey. Because sometimes... When God draws near, it's disruptive. I know we don't like to hear that, but it's true. I know we don't want to associate God's presence with disruption, right? We want to believe that when God is with us, everything just goes perfect. We want to believe that when, when God is near, when God is close to us, that everything is amazing and it's awesome and it's effortless. And yet the scriptures show us time and again that that's just simply not true. That it's often in our disruptive moments when we discover that, that God is closest to us. And I say all that to say this, when I consider all of the major disruptions of this past year, when I think about all of the major disruptions of 2020, it is quite a list, right? We experienced some disruption this year. We were disrupted by the health crisis caused by COVID and all of the, the social and psychological challenges that came with it. We were disrupted back in March by racial injustice and inequity that we'd been ignoring and still are. We were disrupted by it, right? The political polarization and vitriol that's been growing in our country it came to a head this year. That was a major disruption. How about the, the economic toll of this pandemic? 
poverty, unemployment, and the, the helplessness that millions have experienced and continue to experience here at home and abroad. See, when I look back and I see all those major disruptions, you know what else I see? I see God inviting his church to respond. I see God inviting me to respond. And that invitation by God in itself can feel disruptive. And on many levels it is disruptive. Because once you and I become aware of God's nearness, it asks something of us. And what it asks isn't always comfortable or easy. In fact, I'd argue many times it mirrors Mary and Joseph's experience. What if, what if the transforming power of the gospel has been lost because we failed to recognize God's nearness as anything other than comfort, safety, and ease. See, when we read the story of Jesus coming to earth to be Emmanuel, to be God with us, nothing about it was comfortable, safe, or easy. In fact, when Mary and Joseph were confronted by God's nearness, they experienced more disruption in their lives, not less. And I want to say this to those of you who aren't following Jesus yet. Don't believe it for a second when someone tells you that trying Jesus will bring you a life of comfort, safety, and ease. Because if anything, deciding to follow Jesus will cause more disruption in your life, not less. But it's the good kind of disruption. It's holy disruption. It's a disruption that causes you to be more aware to God's presence in your life. It's the kind of disruption that invites you to participate in God's good work. It's a disruption that, that births something in you and forever changes you because it's conceived by the Holy Spirit. So I want to leave you with one final question this Advent. And it's this. When was the last time you felt disrupted by the nearness of God? I want you to take a moment and think about that. When was the last time you felt disrupted by the nearness of God? How, how did you respond to that? Were you able to, to recognize God with you? And then how, how might that change the way you view disruption in the future? That, that knowing that God is with you in that disruption, how might that change the way you view disruption in the future? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we reflect on the Christmas story, on the story of Jesus 
coming to be Emmanuel, God with us. And when we see the disruptive elements in that story, our initial thought is to think, well, where is God? And yet we know that you are with us. Lord, when we look at even this past year and we see all the disruptive things that happened, Lord, we we recognize that you are with us and, and because you are near, you are inviting us to respond to those things. Lord, I pray that you would give us the courage we need to respond like Mary and Joseph. The courage we need to Respond in a way that we, even when we can't recognize and see you, that we know that you are with us. Lord, this Advent season, as we celebrate the coming, the incarnation, we ask, Lord, that you would come presently in our own lives. And Lord, if there's disruption that comes with that, we embrace it. We ask you to to change us and shape us and and inform us in it. And give us the opportunity to participate with you in your good work, your redemptive work. Lord, thank you for coming to be with us. We're so grateful. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community reintroducing Jesus in Vermont through worship, service, creativity, and community. 